Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Well, we are back, everybody. Tom Rose, Zach Bauer with you. The ba- <laughs> <laughs> Did you just replace me with my, with uh, my uh, son? You know, ideally it would be Tom Rose and Zach Bauer, but we're stuck with Gary Bauer. I can't believe I just said that. The he- energy level would certainly go up <laughs> if it was Zach Bauer. And, and by the way, I haven't told you this. In, in my contract, it says that if something untoward happens to me, all those with out there who would like something untoward to happen to me, <laughs> that Zach Bauer will become the Bauer of Bauer and Rose. Or it could Although be, or it could be Bauer and Bauer. And Bauer. Exactly. <laughs> it could be Bauer and Bauer. Anyway, this is the Bauer and Rose show. Whichever Bauer you want to slip in there is uh, fine with us here. We're at Sirius XM, the Patriot channel 125. We are available wherever you get your podcasts and we're hosted online at just the news. Dot com. We got a lot to talk about, as we always do. Uh, six o'clock last night, this 370-page uh, Joe Biden protection bill drops. This border bill, there's so much to get through. This border bill, Gary, was written in secret by Democrats and by never-Trumpers in the Senate, not to address the border crisis. It was written to protect or to save Joe Biden. I, I agree. I, I completely agree, Tom. And it's it's sad. And uh, whether these guys understand it or not, because, you know, when they're not doing stuff like this, they're sitting around having meetings about why can't we get a Republican voter engagement up? What's causing all this cynicism in the country? You know, this navel gazing stuff. All they got to do is look in, in the mirror. This This is. It's I there, I'm at a loss for for words about it. I know you got a lot to say. Just let me make this one observation before I forget it. I'm, I'm not allowed to interrupt age. you until you make that. Is that what you're no, trying to tell me? Just a short one. It's a very short thing. <laughs> it only take me about ten minutes. Uh, that they're attacking the critics of the bill, who are being critical of the bill up until Sunday night, for not having seen it. Well, why don't why haven't the critics seen it up until Sunday night? Because the people drafting it wouldn't release it. Look, Tom, here, here's what Republicans should have said to their Democrat counterparts. OK, yeah, we'll sit down. Let's see if we can find common ground. We have one condition. Oh, here it comes. Here it comes. That uh, the meetings to determine what the bill is going to be are televised live on uh, national public television. So, you know, that transparency you guys said you were going to bring to Washington so the public can see who's fighting for what in these negotiations. That would have been, you know, what would have happened in the Democrats would have walked out of the room. But, but we'll look at the results. I think the results reinforce precisely what you're saying. I'm about to say something I don't think I've ever said on this show. 
Uh oh, that's pos- that's impossible. You've said everything that could possibly be said. Have I ever complimented the New York Times on this show? I before? stand corrected. <laughs> the New York Times today, in their analysis of this bill. Uh, was pretty scathing. But, of course, the way that they wrapped the narrative is to blame Republicans for all the failures. Listen to some of this. It just, it's, it's incredible. And I'm starting in no particular order. This bill will immediately legalize all the Afghans that were brought to the United States. Remember, these weren't Afghan allies. These were the ones who were able to make it to the airport and were approved by the Taliban to get onto the airfield at the Afghan, at the uh, uh, Kabul airport. Total, complete lack of vetting. 36,000 eligible for immediate citizenship. 50,000 or plus more um, uh cited or uh, gave fake birthdays, but the numbers are, are simply staggering. The DHS can, quote-unquote, close the border if encounters exceed 4,000 or more migrants on an average over a seven-day period. Now, you need advanced degree in mathematics to figure all of this out, and this is supposed to be implementable by, by border guards. The border would have to be shut down if the encounters reach a seven-day average of 5,000, or if they exceed 8,500 in a day. Now, you do the math. Four, 1,400 a day, that's 1,400, not 4,000, is 2.6 million a year. Why that number? Maybe it's because it's it's simpler uh, to keep the border crossings under that arbitrary limit so that they can... Uh, uh, use and employ all these alternatives, all these legal pathways that are loopholes to reduce the number of migrant encounters without reducing the number of migrants. Even with all these limits, the supposed limits, the border could not be shut down. This is their bill. I'm not making this is from the New York Times. The border could not be shut down for more than 270 days a year. That means. Well, Tom, wait a minute. Just let me right there just to clarify something. What does that mean? The border is shut down. It just means that the the entry points, the legal entrance entrance points. What's the the the, the gates event? Whatever right. the term is, there's four or five of them or whatever. Those would be closed. Well, that's not where the problem is. The problem <laughs> is the millions pouring across between those places. We've been told over and over again, you can't completely shut the border down. It's impossible. I mean, if if you could shut the border down, then then you know it should be Biden. That I mean, if if the the I think Lankford and some of the others at times have literally said zero zero would people would be. I mean, that's just Tom. There's no other way to look at it. That's just a lie. It's a total lie. And even with all these emergency use provisions, the borders. The, the border couldn't be, quote unquote, closed more than 270 days in a year. That means <clears throat> for a third of the year, for four months of the year, these would not these these limitations wouldn't wouldn't apply. Now, um, the bill gives the president the power to suspend a border closure pending, quote unquote, an emergency on an emergency basis for up to 45 days. Right. So that means. That's an authority you can damn well bet he's going to use. He's declared emergencies for climate. He's declared emergencies to prevent 
exploitation and exploration for, for oil and natural gas. He's declared um, a student loan forgiveness emergency. Why not the border? Not to mention that this whole emergency authority provision, which you'll hear a lot about in legacy media, media gives the Secretary of Homeland Security, I think that guy's name is Alejandro Mayorkas, the authority to summarily remove aliens. Like, this guy's going to summarily remove aliens? The whole thing, I mean, it's worse than, I don't know what you were expecting, Gary. Um, it's, this is... this has loophole. I mean, even if you look at the, the broader provisions, even the limits have loopholes the size you could drive a Tesla super truck through. Yeah, well, I, I was not expecting anything good, Tom. You know, all the way back into the Reagan administration, where it was quite a different country, we had a different makeup of our population. There were lots of, of countervailing things at work. But people were upset by what was then record numbers. And uh, a big deal was was negotiated on Capitol Hill. Uh, and uh, the president was told by James Baker and a number of other people that, yeah, he was going to have to accept some stuff that he, he didn't want to accept about the people that are already in the country. Uh, but but the trade off was once and for all. We will have closed the border and we will have control of the border. And later, and it wasn't much later, Reagan told us it was the worst mistake of his presidency. This is at least the sixth time that immigration bills have been sold to the American people by telling them, OK, now we've got the agreement. And I know you're not going to like all of it, but we finally have secured the border. And every time it's been a lie. Uh, every time it is paved the way actually for greater illegal immigration. But a lot of experts will tell you, Tom, that immigration law is some of the most complicated law on the books. And so a phrase or a sentence that to the average person, they, you know, Langford and the others keep saying, just read the bill. Well, first of all, come on. Who, what, anybody outside of Washington and you and me, are going to read the 280 pages of the bill. 370. You it's did. 370. And it was released at six o'clock last night. I read a lot. Right. I can't get through 400 pages in 12 hours. Well, I was eliminating all the pages devoted to where our money in Ukraine <laughs> was going. But um, who would know what what the, the phrases meant? Tom, there was a provision that was passed a number of years ago when some really horrible things had happened with uh, children being trafficked. And it was a bipartisan uh, piece of legislation. It was called the Wilbur Wilberforce uh, uh, Child Trafficking Act. And its purpose was to stop uh, bad guys from bringing in minor children into the United States as part of, uh, uh, you know, a, a terrible process that you, you can imagine what happens with those kids. The way it was written and the and the common per, the common meaning of words you could look at and go well wait, that looks good. The experts say that that provision has resulted in the bringing into the United States over the last ten years eight hundred thousand minors, unaccompanied minors. That one little thing in the bill. So it's this is um, look you could see all week. The House voted on a number of proposals 
let's expel people that get caught that are migrants waiting their truck. They get caught drunk driving. The majority of the Democrats voted no. There was a series of these and the Democrats voted no, 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 no. Uh, uh, Governor Abbott tries to secure about a half mile of the border. What did Joe Biden do? Ran to the Supreme Court to try to force him to stop. How could these senators, Republican senators, stay in the room negotiating this when they had that clear evidence in front of them? It doesn't make any sense at all. I I don't. I mean, there are a couple of other provisions in here. This from of all places, the New York Times, ICE, Immigration and Customs Enforcement, uh, can exempt aliens from the emergency authority. Um, based on so-called operational considerations. That means that any immigration officer, Gary, under this bill, this Protect Joe Biden bill and Protect Illegal Aliens bill, can exempt any alien that he or she uh, uh, deems uh, exempt under, quote-unquote, public health and humanitarian reasons. That seems like a pretty big loophole, humanitarian reasons. The bill also gives the president the power to unilaterally suspend the secretary's border emergency authority. And since we know that the border, the uh, uh, Homeland Security secretary is uh, the midwife of, of 8 million illegals, that in and of itself is, is laughable. And get a load of this, and this is the last one. Even during this so-called emergency closure provision, which everybody on television is talking about, it's a tough, yeah, we're going to, this is the end, baby. We're going to crack down. This is the best chance we've had in 40 years. Even under that uh, provision, Border Patrol would still need to process a minimum, a minimum of 1,400 migrant illegals through ports of entry every day. That's 2.6 million a year. That's the floor. The floor is 2.6 million. So in the time they're doing, that's what you just touched on is one of the ways they're getting illegal migration down is by reclassifying it as legal migration. (laughs) I mean, you want to cut the number of uh, armed robbery convictions down by 100 percent, decriminalize armed robbery. Right. Our marijuana arrests have been dramatically reduced because now marijuana is like Advil or Tylenol or a Miller Lite. It's a legal um, it's a legal substance. There was one element and this is me because I'm a one trick pony that has to be uh, delved into the the bill, of course, is a wraparound designed first and foremost to uh, continue massive funding for the Ukraine war, which you and I might disagree about. But. That having been said, don't that don't want to might, get it. Might, might. <laughs> no, I, I mean I, I can't. Yeah, no, I know. I Let's can't see. confirm the number. Yeah, there's 14 billion in this bill for Israel aid, um, and much of that is a phony number because of the 3.8 billion that um, is under the 10-year uh, memorandum of understanding that President Trump uh, signed with. Uh, Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu for a 10-year military assistance program, that's included. So it's not really 14. But get a load of this, $10.2 billion for uh, humanitarian aid for civilians in Gaza and the West Bank. Uh, unbelievable. Tom, the— uh, $10 billion? Yeah. They, look, I, I mean, you, you suggested at the beginning of our conversation that 
that this was essentially a uh, keep Donald Trump out of the White House, reelect Joe Biden bill. And and uh, I don't know if you meant that that I mean, I, clearly, I believe that's what the Democrats are trying to do. I don't know if you meant that that's what the Republicans were trying to do, too. I think Mitch McConnell would hate to see Donald Trump reelected. Yeah. Well, I wonder then about Langford, because Donald Trump will get 75 percent of the vote in his state. So does Langford really think that he should uh, thwart the will of the overwhelming majority of the citizens of his state? I this, this is deeply, deeply troubling. Uh, so what do you think not, it was? Well, I don't know. I mean, you, you may very well be right, I, because there's no good options here. You, you can't be you, you have to be stupid to sign on to something like this. The, the thought the things- was the thought was uh, just one quick thought was that McConnell uh, seduced Langford into being the voice for this because Langford is the quote unquote conservative, you know, hardcore Republican from Oklahoma. And if James Christian. Langford, if James Langford puts his uh, imprimatur on this bill, then all conservatives will have to circle around it. And Langford fell for it. Do you buy that? Uh, it, it, look, it's as good as any other explanation, Tom. This is at a time when in the evangelical Christian world, there is a little bit of a bump going on for progressive left-wing evangelicalism. And it's like some of the stuff we've seen in the Catholic Church. And like well, some of the arguments you, could, you begin to hear is, look, you can't be for the sanctity of life. And be for razor wire. Now that I haven't heard that, that one. <laughs> for those of you who can't see through your computer, Tom is laughing because it is a laughable uh, assertion. It, it would so uh, you say you're pro-choice. You could say the the pro-choice person. You you say you're pro-choice, but you're not for pro-choice in education. That doesn't make any sense. I mean, that's you ought to be pro-choice in education. But okay, so the razor wire doesn't kill or maim anybody. Only if you're trying to uh, transfer across it. Only if you're trying to penetrate it is right, it harmful. Exactly, exactly. And razor wire was was you know put up to surround the Capitol for about a year. Uh, I don't remember anybody going, uh, this is un- an unbelievable affront to the sanctity of life. Razor wire kills and maims. No, well, yeah, but it would be right-wing MAGA people, so who cares, you know? I, it, this is, but anyway, there is this theme in, 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 uh, in some segments. Uh, and, the, and by the way, the, I don't want to get too deep into the evangelical woods here, but some of the evangelical leaders of this are people that have told conservative evangelicals, you guys are ruining the gospel of Jesus Christ by bringing politics into our faith. And these same people are now trying to rally left-wing evangelicals to become more active in politics and support of the Democrat Party. And there and there's some serious people, uh, people that have managed to get control of a number of fairly important publications and, and organizations. You know, uh, G- Jesus says you were hungry and I fed you. The 
Jesus was asked, you know, what how how one should leave and and he he live and he said, uh, well, I was hungry and you fed me. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. Uh, I was a prisoner and you visited me. You know, etc. And uh, and the the audience says to him, well. When did I do any of those things for you, Lord? And Jesus responds, you did it to the least of thee, so you did it for me. Now, that is perfect Christian theology about what Christians are supposed to do to the dispossessed, the poor, the hungry, what we are personally responsible for. That does not translate into... Uh, there's a knock on your door, or maybe not even a knock on your door. Your front door opens up, and a man you have never seen before walks into your uh, living room and said, Jesus wants you to feed me and give me a place to sleep tonight. Now, does Jesus want you to go, oh, okay, come on in? I That makes no sense whatsoever. Christianity is not a suicide pact. Well, let's say that example doesn't bother you. Well, if a needy person shows up at the door, Gary, yes, you are to do that. Well, what if it's 10 or 20 needy people that knock on your door? Are you supposed to starve your own children, put your own children and your own spouse at risk? Because Jesus said in the gospel that Christians are supposed to to help the least of these. He doesn't say you're to do it to the extent that you destroy your own life and the life of your parents, your family. But Tom, it gets even worse because our current policy knocks on somebody else's door and says, I've got 10 people here that near help, need help, Joe, my neighbor. You got to take care of them because Jesus told me so. And then you go back to your house. That's our immigration policy. And and by the way, you know, we've already seen sadly on the Catholic side that Catholic Charities is a huge NGO and they are literally making tens of millions of dollars helping to transport the people being trafficked into our country by drug cartels. Catholic Charities take them from there and they help the Biden administration send those people to communities all over America to make life more difficult for the citizens of the United States. Well, you'll be thrilled to know, Gary, that according to the New York Times analysis, NGOs like Catholic Charities will be reimbursed for part of their efforts to uh, repatriate illegals. A couple more lowlights from this bill. Um, Again, from of all places, the New York Times. There will be a voluntary repatriation program uh, for migrants who choose to be flown back home on commercial airlines. Um, it would also direct that migrants who can claim a credible fear be immediately released to live and work in the country. And it allows immigration officers to grant asylum status on the spot to illegals presenting compelling cases. And, of course, the definition of a compelling case is up to the officer in charge. Listen to this. It also includes a measure to provide a government-funded lawyer to any accompanied child aged 13 or under, and it gives any migrant put into expedited removal proceedings 72 hours to find a lawyer paid for by the government to contest deportations. 
I well, you know, the way they're trying to bankrupt uh, Trump with all these lawsuits, at some point he might qualify for a court appointed free attorney. Uh, I mean, look, the, the mayor of New York, who we thought was going to be somebody we could work with because he's a former a police officer and he said the right things and he wasn't a nut like Cuomo exactly. or some of these the other Blasio, right. Yeah, the Basio, some of these other people or whatever. He just said, announced that he's gonna give every migrant in the city a thousand dollar debit card each month. But don't worry everybody they're going to have to sign a pledge that they will only use it for food. And it's, it's, oh, it's well, I feel so much better. It's right. worth nine grand because it, it lasts for nine months. And of course you can predict what will happen at the end of eight months. There'll be a huge demand that this uh, entitlement be extended. It's just, yeah, this caused a uh, 50 cents. My great, um, my great knowledge of rap music. This caused, uh, the rapper 50 cents who has been a Trump hater for years to say publicly yesterday, you know, something I'm beginning to think that only Donald Trump is the answer for this sort of stuff. So I I mean, if, if you're an American and you, well, you know what? I, we shouldn't attack Americans. I I hate to break it to you. I got to break in here, Bauer. It's 50 cent singular. Not 50 cents. Well, <laughs> I think he started out 50 cents. But as he's gotten older with inflation, it just became 50 cents. Yeah, pretty pretty soon it'll be 82 cents. <laughs> right. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, Sorry. the polling, de- Tom, is, is devastating. And this is what it's all about. I mean, the public said in the NBC poll released over the weekend that by 59 to 22%, they trust Donald Trump to to handle the situation at the border. Why would any Republican want to trust Joe Biden to handle the border? Why would any American, why would any sentient human being trust the very people who created this crisis, who encouraged it, who promoted it, who funded it, who provided the logistics for it? Why would anyone then trust them to fix the problem any more than the British were willing to trust Neville Chamberlain to conduct a war against Nazi Germany that he had spent the previous 10 years attempting to appease. You know, Breitbart is reporting that there's a provision in this that requires all lawsuits filed by a state challenging immigration law has to be filed in the district court in Washington, D.C., which is controlled completely by the left and means there will never be a court in Oklahoma or Texas federal court, you know, Florida that will be able to put an injunction out saying you've got to stop this federal government. Uh, This is unconstitutional requiring them the federal government to appeal it to the, to the uh, uh, Supreme court. All those suits will die in the court in Washington, DC. Did you watch, I hate to bring up a sore subject, did you watch uh, the Fox Morning Show this morning? I did, I did. And poor Carol comes downstairs. I I knew this was going to happen. I knew this was going to happen. It was disgusting, Tom. And they've been signaling it for the last two weeks that this was how they were going to be. I I mean, mean, it's it's goofy-doocy. And then the bubblehead who... 
I don't think she would know one way or the other. She seems like a lovely woman, but uh, not the sharpest knife in the place where you keep the knives. She would just go with whatever the prevailing opinion on that set is. And they were strong advocates for the I couldn't believe it. And the softball interview with, uh, with uh, Lankford in the morning, uh, yeah. Brian subsequently tried to toughen himself up to it. But I, I was, it was like I was watching MSNBC without, uh, without the gravitas, if you will. <laughs> yeah. Who's the new, uh, the new uh, young black man that they've got on there now? I can't think of his name right now. Um, He's worked his way up. The guy is. They tried to shut him up. I don't know if you noticed that. Yeah. 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 Well, yes. So when when the show started, they all had things. They all had assignments they had to do. So he was at one of the boards and he goes, uh, provisions in the bill. And he read the five points, all of which promoted the bill. But then later when they sat down and he was now free to talk. He was freed. They freed the black man to talk on the, on the morning show. He began to just knock the heck out of it. And he has spent a lot of time at the border. Some of some other uh, Fox personalities came on and clearly didn't get the talking points. And you know what all the report, all the rumors are, Tom, in the conservative movement? I don't. This is all Paul Ryan who was put on the board of Fox about a year or so ago. And the word is Paul Ryan has made it clear he wants Fox News to be pro-immigrant, pro-immigrant, as he sits in his house with the big wall around it in a suburb someplace, making lots of money on Wall Street. Well, Steve Daines, I guess, became the first... I'm surprised it took as long as it did. The first Republican to openly oppose this bill. There's a provision. I don't know whether uh, McConnell will get around to actually imposing this provision that if um, no more than half of Republicans in the caucus will vote with the Democrats on a bill, the Republicans won't agree to get it past the filibuster number. And, I don't think there's any way you're going to get 25 Republicans that want to break the filibuster, but you could get, how many do you need? Eight? Uh, seven? Um, and if that were presented, if he had seven, do you think McConnell would actually stick by this rule that he himself um, is responsible for drafting? My hunch is he'd find some way to loophole around it to get past the filibuster. Well, that's an interesting question. You know, uh, uh, Johnson, Speaker Johnson has said, uh, just like McCarthy previously promised, although McCarthy ultimately didn't keep that promise, that he would not let anything get to the floor of the House that was not supported by a majority of Republicans before it went to the floor when he would poll the Republicans. Um, I, I can't uh, I can't imagine that that's that that would happen in the House. I don't know. Here's the problem, Tom, that the, the Senate could pass this thing. The House will not pass it. And then you're going to go to a conference committee, a reconciliation conference committee of the House and Senate. And the House then will be charged with shutting down the government if they won't go along with this stuff. Um, look, so. Let's remind people why they're rushing it like this. The Senate is getting ready to go out of session. And, and that means they got to go, oh, no, not there, home. 
Lankford's got to go back to Oklahoma. All these guys have got to go back to states whose populations overwhelmingly are tired of the games, are already cynical because they have been, you know what, so many times, are already a pox on both of your houses. And if these Republicans, I got you got to say one thing about, uh, you know, rhinos, they're, they're so used to surrendering. If you can get them home, they'll they'll fold in front of their own constituents, too. You know, right. Uh, the thing would never pass after that. So they've got to get it passed before they leave town. That's why, you know, to, to release this bill on Sunday night and then have voting on its start on Wednesday that is insane. That is disgusting. That is exactly what is wrong in Washington, D.C. And a larger point, Tom, aid for Ukraine should be voted on as separate standalone of alone vote. Of course. Aid for Israel should be voted on a separate standalone vote. Humanitarian aid for Gaza <laughs> ought to be voted on in a separate state and the border should be the American people deserve the right to know what their members believe on each of those things when they're all piled in there. And then the you know what hits the fan back home, depending on where the, the, the member lives. He says to his constituent, well, I didn't like that money for for uh, Ukraine, but uh, the only way I could get the secure border was to vote for it. And it depends on just what is the biggest issue that is a problem or a priority in their home state. These games, these are incumbent protection bills, and it's disgusting. And they whether they realize it or not. They're, destro- they're destroying America's confidence in our constitutional republic. That's what, what's happening. Yeah, what little uh, confidence remains. Of course, and we talked about this uh, the other day, Gary, uh, we don't need a bill to, quote unquote, close the border, which Democrats promise, you know, the border never closes. That's um, uh, Chris Murphy's famous line that Democrats have been parroting for months during these secret negotiations. Joe Biden today, and we've talked about this, can close the border using the very same executive authorities he deployed to open the border. Donald Trump used legal executive authorities to close the border. Why can't Joe Biden simply revoke the orders that he already issued? Here's the pro- well, there's so many problems with this bill, I don't want to single this out. If this bill were to pass in any way, shape, or form, Uh, President Trump would be utterly handcuffed next January because it would deprive the president of the authority to override provisions of this bill. In other words, President Trump would not be able on day one when he will act, quote unquote, as a dictator for an hour um, to issue executive orders to reinforce uh, and reimpose the restrictions that he originally apo- imposed in 2017. Democrats have been more than clear that uh, they want open borders. They, Chris Murphy said so on television yesterday extensively that yeah, it would it the would, border never closes. That's that, his argument. That's, this bill, the border that's exactly will never right. Close. Right now, it's Republicans who are keeping the Democrats from closing the border. That's their argument. The messaging doesn't work unless, of course. We are so stupid as a people to actually 
fall for this crap. It contradicts their own positioning that they've had for the past 40 years. The crisis that we face, um, and I agree with you, this bill was written primarily to find a way to get this Ukraine funding provision adopted. That's why they threw Israel in there, and that's why Republicans said, which was kind of foolish because the House already passed H.R. 2, which was a far more, infinitely more restrictive bill um, providing resources for not only ICE, but uh, CPB, not to process more illegals, which is all that this bill uh, purports to do, is to make it easier to get here illegally. It makes it easier to process an asylum claim. It hires, you know, 10 times as many border uh, uh Asylum judges. And now who do you think, where do you think these judges and these magistrates are going to come from? Are they going to come from a Bob Jones University or Liberty? No, they're going to be lawyers or magistrates uh, from that they'll hire from NGOs that are liberal left wing pro immigrant uh, groups. Yeah, you know, Tom, if um, if because of any number of things, cheating, the power of big tech, um, the humongous amount of money the Biden campaign, they may be, you know, Biden may be mentally challenged or whatever, but he is, he's got a war chest already greater than any president has had at this point in an election cycle. If somehow he or some substitute for him gets reelected and they have this year and then four more years by then, all the courts will be back in the hands of the left, including possibly the Supreme Court. Because if you look at the ages of some people like Clarence Thomas, it, it it's not hard to imagine that five years from now, they won't be on the court. So that even after five tragic, more tragic, tragic years, we somehow get the White House back, it'll be too late. I, in fact, I think that we wouldn't get it back, that the, everything will be so stacked that they won't let a Republican in unless it's to let steam out of the pot every once in a while. You right. know what I mean? A, an owned Republican who they've got something on, who will go in and act like he's beating his chest and I'm fighting for you so you can go back to sleep. Right, right. A George W. Bush type. Right. Republican. Listen to this tweet from Chris Murphy, who a series of tweets last night on this immigration bill. Chris Murphy, Democrat, liberal senator from um, Delaware. Where is he from? Connecticut? Connecticut. Connecticut. Listen to this quote. Um, this bill, quote, a quicker, fairer asylum process. No more 10-year waits. Claims processed in a non-detained, non-adversarial way in six months. A higher asylum screening standard at the border. And also, no more waiting for work permits. Asylum seekers can work immediately. A brand new right to legal representation for all immigrants. Remember when Trump denied lawyers to victims of the Muslim ban? And the first ever government paid for lawyers for young accompanied minors. A long-standing injustice righted. A requirement that the president, it just goes on and on about, um, and then the ports must accept up to 1,400 migrants a day, even under the most onerous emergency provisions. So even under the most onerous emergency provisions, 
uh, assuming that Biden were to impose the emergency, assuming that Alejandro illegal Mayorkas uh, tried to impose the emergency, even then we'd be stuck with at least 2.6 million legal illegals a year. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, again, who who were our guys, quote unquote, who were they relying on for advice? Do, you, you know, Mayorkas was intimately involved in all this. And he is a very astute lawyer. He may not know how to secure the borders of a nation or have no desire to do so, but he's a very astute lawyer. And uh, sadly, Tom, we, we live in at a, at a time where uh, words can be manipulated to mean all sorts of things, things that are directly contrary to what a common man would think a word meant. I mean, after all, this is a a time when the Democrat Party with a completely straight face tells us that men can get pregnant and or as their Supreme Court nominee. Now, Justice said, uh, I don't know what a woman is uh, because I didn't major in biology. no, I mean, that's 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 the society that we live in. We we pathologize the normal. You and I are cis males, meaning, there's you know, we have to have a prefix before our name. But um, if you are a man who claims to be a woman, you're normal. So we we pathologize the normal in our society and we normalize pathology. Right. Yeah. Things that are yeah. nuts or crazy or crackpots become normal. And uh, it's the normal people who then have psychiatric problems. There was a, a fantastic piece by a guy I'm crazy about, John Cochran from uh, the Hoover Institution in the Wall Street Journal on, I think it was Friday. I don't know whether you saw it or not. Um, <clears throat> but uh, he he kind of made this argument that all these Democrats and these never Trump Republicans are absolutely flummoxed. They can't understand how four and a half out of 10 Americans are right now saying they're going to vote for Donald Trump. Um, and what the left has done and what the establishment has done, and many Republicans are part of this, they've commissioned a, um, a, a study from the American Psychological Association to study what motivates a Trump voter. So they have to go to psychiatrists to study what would motivate a Trump voter. Now, if that isn't pathologizing uh, 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 the normal, in other words, anyone that wants our country back, anyone that wants a closed border, anyone that wants Israel to defeat Hamas, anyone that wants criminals put behind bars and our streets made safe, they don't ask them these these. Um, uh, truth seekers, they ask, you know, the, this left wing American Psychiatric Association to stu- to to. Uh, so to st- what entity uh, asked put that request in? Do you know? Uh, I don't have the thing. I don't have. Tell the, me uh, it's not the RNC. Oh, God. <laughs> no, it would probably be some. I, I don't remember. But um, you know what our problem is, Tom? We don't in our party. We don't need Ilhan. Omar. We don't have enough Ilhan Omar's. I mean, Ilhan Omar said the other day, she's going to put her country first. No matter what anybody says, she's going to make sure she stands up for her country. Now, I realize there is a little glitch there because her country, she said, is Somalia. Isn't that your country and my country? But I thought that was our country, too. Yeah. (laughs) The dedication, the nationalistic dedication is really 
very impressive, very awe-inspiring. Um, you know, I've been saying in speeches for you know, the last gazillion years, tell me what country in the entire world whose leader gets up in the morning and says to himself, honey, today I'm going to go out there and do everything I can to make my country, our country, 87th. <laughs> Every country's leaders are expected to operate in the interest of their own country, except the leaders of the United States and the population of the United States is supposed to sit down, shut up and like it unless they want to be put on a list of bad guys well, maintained the, in some government bureaucracy. The, the term you use, which is now picked up by a lot of people, uniparty, you've got Democrats that deplore Trump supporters. They call us racists and Islamophobes and homophobes and everything else, that we, we have to be saved from our ignorance. And then you have these traditional Republicans in partial league with them, um, thinking somehow, and I guess the this immigration bill this proposed bill falls into this category that some policy or some plan or another, you know, ingeniously thought of attack and, uh, you know, against Trump's character might sway some of these delusional uh uh, psychiatric head case Trump supporters away from Trump. So rather than asking Trump's voters what motivates them, they, of course, turn to psychiatrists because supporting Trump uh, presents an evidence of uh, severe mental illness. And what, you know, this was the Cochrane piece on Friday, which I really commend. If, I'll send it to you if you haven't read it yet. Um, what is it that motivates Trump voters? And the answer is they want their country back. Right. Their their fears about the deep state are only confirmed with each and every news cycle, uh, each and every outrage. Why did we lose people in Iraq and Afghanistan? What, what was the sacrifice for? What did we gain there? Um, this botched, disastrous withdrawal in Afghanistan, the downwind, downstream consequences of which we are still reaping from the disastrous attempt to appease Iran, to Russia's invasion of Ukraine, to increase Chinese pressure on Taiwan. Uh, the world is, is literally spinning into another era of chaos and disorder that has been, uh, uh, that I think started largely with this Afghan withdrawal. Um, they saw during the financial, I mean, just go down the list, the financial crisis that people in charge don't know what the heck they're doing. Our foreign policy experts are idiots. They try the same thing repeatedly and each outcome is worse than the one before. They don't know what they're doing. What are we doing in Ukraine? You and I probably disagree, but there's been no attempt or effort to try to present a plan for winning a peace in Ukraine. So they're asking these questions. They don't have any idea. Why are we uh, not standing up to Iran? Are we going to protect or not protect Taiwan? Everywhere these people have operated and acted, they've screwed up and the country sees it. And Donald Trump is the vessel for them, for us, for me, uh, to begin the process of restoring some stability because this isn't going to be reversed in four years, and I love Donald Trump, uh, but he's going to have a heck of a four years ahead of him uh, if he wins, and hopefully he will win. Uh, uh, go ahead. Yeah, you know, you know Tom, the, um, uh, you alluded to the, the Iran situation, and, and we, we talked about this a little bit. So, you know, a lot of Republicans urged uh, 
Biden to take action. And once those three Georgia brave men and women were killed, it, it became impossible politically for Biden not to take action. But what did he do? You know, they they they, they dropped like. No, they spent a week first. No, back up. They spent a week telling everybody right, where right where yeah. they were going to bomb. Yeah, so they they dropped eight hundred different types of bombs, et cetera. And according to our own figures, we believe we killed thirty people. Uh, you know, they they showed some pictures on TV that's supposed to make us feel good about the blow we're striking. One of the photos was of a car that actually must have caught on fire. It was the hawk of a burnt out car. The other one was the the collapse of a of a building. That looked like the building looked like it was built in 27 BC. You know, <laughs> the idea that somebody was living in it strains the imagination. We're dropping munitions that cost millions to produce to stop weapons from being fired that cost thousands. And it's all part of the Biden reelection effort. And it will have no, and I, you said something the other day, very, very uncharacteristically, that was brilliant. I hadn't thought of it. Um, and in fact, it was so brilliant. Nobody else on this planet had thought of it either. Um, and I don't, know, I don't know whether you want to backtrack or whether you want to double da- down. I'm suggesting that maybe you double down because it was a great point. As I'm asking rather foolishly and naively last week, Gary, I don't get it. Why are they giving the precise GPS coordinates of facilities they're going to be attacking in three days? I don't get that. And you said, you know. Tom, I realize you're not nearly as smart as I am, Gary. Um, Tom, no, Gary says that he realizes that I'm not nearly as smart as he is. But based on his eight years in the White House a couple of decades ago with Ronald Reagan, he knows, that would be Gary Bauer, that there are ways to send those signals to Iran where you don't have to be on Meet the Press. You can do it privately and secretly. And the reason that we're doing all of this publicly has nothing to do with Iran, and it has everything to do with his left-wing base. Yeah, I will double down on that. That was, was a great brilliant. point. It was a great uh, point. And you, you know, who the, gave it to you? Because uh, we know no, you didn't come no, up I, with it yourself. I, I, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure I <laughs> dreamt that one up, but I think it might have been after my second Manhattan. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, it was I, a great yeah. point, and it's hard he, to refute. These games they just keep going on and on and on. Tom, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think we're very close to either, you know, we either have to get Trump back in or some or down, the, you know, quickly something else has to happen like him uh, or it you're, you're going to have either a complete abandonment of the Republican Party by its own base. People will just start going home. And not doing anything. You know, there's a new study out. There's they've identified Turning Point USA, Charlie Kirk's group has identified 10.4 million disengaged Republican voters just in the swing states. If just 10 percent of them can be engaged to start voting, we win every swing state in a landslide election. But one of the questions you have to ask yourself is, why are they disengaged? And I think it's exactly the stuff we're talking about. They have voted right many times in the past, and it hasn't mattered. And they see what's being done to Trump, and, and they think to themselves, they'll do it to him again. 
They'll tie him in knots and Republicans will cooperate in tying him in knots. Uh, no, it can't be done. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Um, he has massively changed the Republican Party, Tom. I will say that. But it, the, the change is not complete yet. And meanwhile, we're going through these birthing pains where the old guard is doing everything they can uh, to, to blow him up. I mean, they they look out and they see the FBI harassing Trump appointees, not to mention Trump himself. Um, much of official Washington labeling itself proudly the resistance, like they're the French resistance fighting Nazi occupation, the Russia collusion hoax, um, uh, these investigations. And here I got into an argument with a buddy of mine last night, as a matter of fact, about who's a doctor, conservative, um, about the first year of COVID. And it's true. We went along in the Trump administration. We went along with a lot of these scientific recommendations because let's be honest, Gary, we didn't know. We, we uh, had a repository of respect for the FDA, the CDC, the NIH, all the scientific establishment, um, which COVID allowed, created the opportunity for them to totally politicize all of our health organizations, all of our scientific organizations, and at least allow us to see how politicized they become. Um, you know, everybody here experienced these lockdowns that were devastating. They destroyed so many lives. They, um, they watched all these authorities, particularly after Trump left office and Biden came in, just making up new rules um, uh, and cracking down on, on any possible dissent. If you asked where the virus came from. If it didn't come from the wet market, you're a conspiracy theorist. You needed to be censored. You needed to be um, uh, canceled. And I think people are just sick to death of it. And Trump is the only guy standing that can appeal to these 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 base, rational, totally justified uh, furies of the American people that want their country back. Yeah, no, I, I agree, Tom. Look, I don't know if you remember this or not, but there was a period there where uh, something came out about how long the virus could live on surfaces. It ended up being completely wrong. But people were told just to play it safe. When you have your groceries, when you go grow or have your groceries delivered, you should put them out in the driveway or in your yard and you should wipe each can down before you bring them into your house. I mean, this is at the level of stuff that we were doing. And even when we now know they had information that showed that was not correct, these sorts of things. They didn't withdraw. Exactly. They wanted people scared. They wanted people ready to, to express their anger by voting out of office, who was in office when all this happened. Uh, it was it was a mess. Um, and, and it, you know, nobody's been held account held accountable for it, sadly. Of course not. Of course not. I mean, that's the the irony is we have this this cavalcade of failures. We're way out of over, by the way, time-wise. Yeah. And yeah. Biden's held not a single person accountable, maybe because perhaps he's the one ultimately accountable. I don't know. Uh, one, as we're leaving, the, Tom, one comment on the South Carolina primary, which Biden got, you know, 99% of the vote. What in was the a, turnout? Like uh, 2% yeah, or it, something? It was, it was terrible. It was, I think, net, his votes and the votes, uh, the 12 votes that were cast for somebody other than him, Added up, I think, to about 150,000. I went back and looked at the turnout in the 2020 South Carolina primary. Now, admittedly, it was a contested primary, but still, the number of people that voted was over 600,000. 
that that's not a you don't go from six hundred thousand to one hundred and twenty five thousand for an incumbent president, even in an, in an uncontested primary. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Nevada is tomorrow. Well, one no. part of Nevada is tomorrow, and then the, the part that counts, I think, is Saturday. I know we're way over, but i got to ask you this because I was extremely impressed. Did you see Maria's interview with the president uh, Friday? Was it Friday I, I or was it yesterday? It. I taped it. I plan on watching it tonight. Okay, I don't want to ruin it. I'm not going to destroy the ending. I saw a couple of little clips. It was What I saw was very good. Yes, he was, and he was strong throughout. You know, normally all of us, well, you accepted, all of us, if, you're, if you sit down with somebody for 40 minutes, they'll be points during that interview when you'll hammer your haw. That's just uh, the nature of, a, he didn't. That's not who he is. Now, as we go out, Nikki Haley said she was on Saturday Night Live. And then oh, she I, didn't, put out I didn't know. I didn't see that. A statement on X afterwards where she said, I see dead men walking, in quotes. That's what voters are going to think in November if their choices are Trump versus Biden. Now, that is a really disgusting thing for her to say. And then she said, um, I was on past Trump's bedtime, so I probably won't hear from him until the morning. Well, as you know, Tom, Donald Trump gets along at about four hours of sleep. Unfortunately, I'm well aware. (laughs) Yeah. Guy has more energy. He's 77 years old and he just beat us into the ground, his energy level. It was frightening. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I, and these were jokes that supposedly were written by the SNL staff that she just read. No, she didn't say that. She tweeted that herself. Oh, she tweeted it herself. After the show. Oh, my God. That's yeah, even this worse. Is, so, the, which raises serious questions about what she's trying to do. You know, the explanation, well, she's just trying to position herself for 2028. Really? You, she's been adopting Democrat Party talking points. Basically, all but justifying, uh, if not glee, then certainly ridicule at the death of uh, Donald Trump. <laughs> it was I, I, don't, I, don't know how, I don't know how much lower you get than that. Yeah. Anyway, somebody needs to call some of our neocon friends that are still supporting her. What What are you looking at me for? Because that's <laughs> the, you're the you're the main neocon friend. Oh, here we go. Show. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. I can. It, should I start naming billionaires <laughs> that are doing things they shouldn't uh, be doing? Uh, no, because we don't have time. It would take a long time. <laughs> it would take a long time to get through. Anyway, this is probably the longest show we've ever done. So. Uh, you got you to gotta wrap it up, Bauer. Oh, no, Tom. I just noticed I forgot to hit my record button. We got to do it over. <laughs> now folks are flipping out and, you know, changing the channel. I don't blame them. Anyway, have a great couple of days. Love to Carol. We'll talk to you soon. Make sure and hit that subscribe button. Make sure and give us a five-star rating. And most importantly, tell your friends, opponents, and um, fellow pugilists about the Bauer and Rosha. We'll catch you in a couple of days. God bless. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.